Hi, I'm James Jacobson. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. Welcome to Dog Edition. There are about 1.3 million active duty military members serving in the United States Armed Forces. And many of them have dogs. So we wondered, what happens to those dogs when their human is on deployment? We found the answer when we talked to former Marine Elisa Johnson. There's more people in this world that are heroes that we can support. That's in the first half of the show. In the second half, we meet Paul Owens, the original dog whisperer. It's 99% of dog training is human training. People have to learn how to speak dog. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey Pepper, wanna go for a walk? Jim, have you seen any of those reunion videos where a military member comes home after a long deployment to a very happy pup? I have, and those are so cool. They're all over the internet, all over YouTube. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, you you, you get both a swelling of patriotism and and also that, that bond that you can feel between, you know, the returning service member and, and the loyalty the dog has. And then I, kind of what goes into my head is the fear that, perhaps the dog had or maybe the soldier had that they may never see each other again. So yeah, those reunion videos are awesome. You can just binge watch them forever. <laughs> yeah. I think there are some compilations too of, you know, a whole bunch of them put together. It's great. Uh, here's one I found from CBS 8 San Diego. Hi, Mama. <laughs> that is the first time they've seen each other. Oh, well, Dixie was deployed. San Diego-based nonprofit Dogs on Deployment stepped in. We're enjoying watching it. Yes, we are. <laughs> Elisa Johnson, a former Marine, knows firsthand that thrill. You know, when you're a service member coming home to that dog and they love you unconditionally and they're always going to be there for you, uh, it really gives a sense of peace and belonging when your life can be in chaos. But, you know, I never thought too much about where that dog spent its time while separated from its human. Well, Elisa and her husband, Sean, found themselves having to think about who would care for their dog, J.D., when they had dual military commitments. I commissioned into the Marine Corps in 2011. Um, My husband and I, we were married at the time, and he was in the Navy, and he had a dual service commitment uh, where he had to deploy. So as soon as I got into the military, I had to go away for six months of training in Virginia, where I was going to be living in the barracks and going to be in the the field doing marine things for six months. And I couldn't care for my dog. Uh, At the same time, um, my husband was deploying, so he couldn't care for our dog. She was doing marine things and he was doing naval things. And Elisa and Sean were lucky because they had a distant relative who was willing to care for JD while they were both away fulfilling their commitments to the country. But it got them to thinking about the folks who didn't have someone to lean on or the financial resources to board a dog long term. What about the people that aren't financially capable? You know, what about the junior enlisted that cannot spend $2,000 a month to board their pet while they go overseas? And started looking into the problem and it was 
actually a pretty significant problem to the point that there were a lot of animal shelters in military towns that I called and they were like, we don't even adopt military families because the pets are relinquished all the time. So the couple started Dogs on Deployment to help chip away at this problem. We had no idea what we were doing, what we were starting. We couldn't see the end goal at first, but we just knew like... There's a need out there, and we should create something to try to fulfill that need. Elisa taught herself how to build a website. She learned how to form a nonprofit, and she got people willing to board pets to sign up. You know, since 2011, when we started, we've had over 70,000 registered boarders that have been active at one point or another. So I'm really proud of that. I mean, our website crashed because there were so many people coming to it. And she built all this while going through her military training. In fact, while in flight school, she was criticized for splitting her focus, but she was dedicated to both causes, and so she shot back. I kept trying to like explain to these people that were supposed to be mentoring me that I am focused on those things, but I'm more than just a Marine. I'm more than just one thing, and I have the capacity to be able to do more with my life. Her goals in joining the military in the first place were to serve her country and to change people's lives for the better. And Dogs on Deployment served both of those same goals. So eventually, she dedicated herself full-time to the growing organization. So how does this work? What's at the core of this organization? I'm a military member, and I need help with my pet. And I'm just a person that wants to help military members, and I love animals. And we bring these two together. And that was basically the very first idea of how we were going to build the core of our organization. And it's been pretty successful since. See, so it's kind of like a dating app. (laughs) Well, yeah, sort of like that. Well, there are profiles you look at with information about the borders, and the military members can reach out to the ones that they think are the best fit for their dogs. Or cats. Oh, or cats. Yeah, I guess, huh? I think she even said turtles and birds and, you know, all kinds of animals. And the rewards for the borders are intangible. We're an organization that allows anybody, military background, not a military background, whoever, Anybody can be intimately connected to helping an actual service member, an actual hero of this country. There are some people that question why a military member would get a dog in the first place knowing they could be separated from that dog. People always ask, like, well, if you're in the military, why do you have a dog? It just doesn't seem to be compatible. And that's not true at all. You just have to make the right arrangements to make it responsible. So thanks to Elisa Johnson and her organization, Dogs on Deployment, we can enjoy more of those happy reunion videos. And if you're interested in learning more about Dogs on Deployment, we'll have a link to their website in the show notes. When we come back from this short break, we'll meet Paul Owens, the original dog whisperer. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Oh, every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. Oh, I want to run. I want to sniff. Ooh, I want to find a good stick to carry. Oh, I want to roll in the grass. Oh, and warm my belly in the sun. Oh, I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want ever pop. The green, glassy beef liver smell wakes my senses. Oh, you may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy. It infuses any food you give me with healthy life vibrancy. Oh, I can feel it. Ever pop. 
cup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Gone are the days of training a dog using negative methods like choke collars, jerking, yelling, rolled up newspapers. Almost gone. There's still some shock collars and there's still some people who use those methods. But today we're going to introduce you to a man who has been on a decades-long mission to teach people a better, healthier way. Whatever you do, whatever you think, whatever you say, just make take a second. You know, take a step back and make sure everything you think, do, or say is rooted in kindness and compassion for your dog. That's Paul Owens, also known as the original dog whisperer, the OG dog whisperer. But we'll get into that later. Paul will be the first to admit that he used to use negative training techniques when he first started out in the 1970s. But in 1988, he had a change of heart, a shift in his thinking. He began to see dogs as members of the family. And you could teach them much the same way you'd teach a child. That approach is based first on fostering curiosity. It's the number one remedy for aggression. If you can get a child curious about something, then they want to learn it rather than run away from it. And if you do that in a very safe way so that the dog feels safe and the child feels safe and we feel safe, well, then the sky's the limit. Anything can happen. Well, now I'm curious. <laughs> Let's start with sit, how, which is usually one of the first things mm-hmm. you teach a dog. How do I get my dog curious about sitting when asked? Well, you do a baby step. You watch the body, and if the body goes down, oh, an eighth of an inch, you go, hey, that was pretty good. Here's some money. The money Paul refers to is the reward, a little treat so the dog associates the action with the joy of the reward. You can find out what will motivate a dog, and they can all do something, some better than others. The secret is working within a framework of motivation for your dog. For example, you have a northern breed, and you want you say, I want you to sit. Dog says, why? My job is to pull a sled. <laughs> and uh, what about a, 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 a hound whose nose is always on the ground? And you're trying to say, sit, stay. Hound is saying, no, my job is to hunt. You have a golden retriever, say, sit, down, stay, come, go to your bed, find it, leave it, says, okay, I can do it all. I'm, I'm a jack of all trades. It all depends on the breed. And there's a lot of patience involved in this. Your dog needs time to process. How much time? You have to give your dogs, you have to give your children up to 45 seconds for the brain to figure it out. Now, we need to try this out. So <laughs> if you are walking your dog right now while you're listening to this and want to try it out with us, Get ready to ask your dog to sit. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Start the timer. Now, Pepper, sit. You cannot repeat the signal within that 45-second period while you're processing because then your brain has to reboot. If I said, James, what is the name of that actor that was in that movie that got the Oscar for that? 
And then I said, James, what is the name of that actor? James, what is the name of the actor? James, what are they? You'd punch me in the snoot. I probably would. So don't repeat the signal. How's Pepper doing? Good, Pepper. Well, he's looking at me. I have a little treat for him if he does this. So every time the dog is trying to process something and looks at you, I say, good. Good is worth 50 cents. And the dog says, good's only worth 50 cents. Where's the $10,000 piece of chicken? But good will keep them working. And what that does scientifically is that keeps the dopamine in the system. That keeps the neurons connecting until all of a sudden you get a mind pop. Oh, that's what you want. That's the way the brain works. Good job, Pepper. So that was about 45 seconds? Yeah, maybe a little more. Did Pepper already know how to sit? Oh, definitely. He sits looking very proud whenever I open the refrigerator. I he bet. knows. Yeah, yeah. He knows there's cheese in there. But I've changed the environment, right? I'm, I changed the situation. I'm in my studio. Mm-hmm. So I looked at one of Paul's training videos from his website, and I learned that I need to reteach Pepper. And, of course, he needs this time to process. So here's from the video. Just because you taught your dog how to sit on the brick and then you put a baseball cap on and you ask your dog to sit, the dog says, you never taught me with a baseball cap on. You never taught me on a different surface. So every time you change the situation, you have to go back to the beginning and teach the dog all over again. It definitely takes patience on the part of the human. You want to avoid showing or feeling frustration when a dog isn't responding how you want it to, as quickly as you want it to. Actually, to help out with that, one of the first things that Paul teaches his clients is just to breathe. And what that does is has a scientific uh, reaction is that you're oxygenating the blood. You're stepping back from the thing that's stressing you out, which is causing you to act this way. I could see this helping in other areas of life, right? Not just having patience to train a dog. You can find out a lot more about Paul Owen's nonviolent dog training techniques by listening to our sister show, The Long Leash. You'll hear my extended conversation with Paul. We'll put that link and links to his website in the show notes. We've sort of oversimplified things here. Just a bit. And as Paul will tell you... I'm teaching you how to train your dog doing what you already know how to do and have done with your children. See, that's a nice way to think about it. Can we quickly address the fact that Paul is the OG dog whisperer? Yes. uh, Paul was actually using the term dog whisperer for his books, which were published by like New York publishers, big, big publishing companies, and for his DVDs years before Caesar Milan had his National Geographic show. Paul says that while he never broke bread with Caesar, he did attend one of his events and he rose his, raised his hand and made a few comments, but they really never got into a conversation about the genesis of the dog whisperer name. Overall, though, Paul says he really does not agree with the more aggressive techniques that Caesar Milan uses. No, you don't have to be dominant. As a matter of fact, in scientific terms, more than you want to know about all this, you cannot dominate a dog. Uh, one species cannot dominate another species. And so the psychology behind it just wasn't there. So this was kind of an interesting segment, Pam. I like that we added a little bit of live interactiveness for for you, our listeners. Uh, And if you tried the experiment with Pam, let us know because we're really curious. We are constantly evolving Dog Edition and we want to make sure that it serves you as best as possible. So we really want your feedback. So if you did the experiment, let us know. Well, thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. We will be back next week with another episode, but chances are that you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and then, 
and we have something else for you to listen to. If you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests, please check out DPN's sister show, The Long Leash. This week, you can hear my extended conversations with both Alisa Johnson and Paul Owens, two separate episodes, and the links are in the show notes. And take Dog Edition along on your dog walk next week. We'll meet artist and children's book illustrator Rob Saya Jr. He launched a very worthwhile project called Adopt-A-Doodle to help shelter dogs get adopted. So many dogs often get overlooked for one reason or another in a shelter. And if I could help someone take a second look at a dog, uh, that's like... That is the dream right there is to have is to have that to happen. We will also tell you the story of a dog, a very lucky dog who inherited millions of dollars recently when his owner died. Uh, that on the next edition of Dog Edition. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers, and that means we want to hear from you. You can check the show notes for links and information on how to reach us, including our old school recorded listener line, where you can call in to share your dog stories with us. Call 866-TALK-DOG, 866-TALK-DOG. And we are looking for correspondence as we grow this podcast and as we grow Dog Podcast Network. If you are a content producer who loves dogs, check out our 101 Dog Stories contest with over $15,000 in prize money. You can learn more on our main website, which is dogpodcastnetwork.com. And join our pack. Be sure to subscribe to Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app and tell a friend about the show. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. I'm James Jacobson, and I want to thank you again for listening. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.